Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. We are looking live, ladies and gentlemen, actually looking live at a red carpet. We're out at the Alamo Draft House on South Lamar, uh, courtesy of our good friends, the Austin Gamblers, Austin's uh, pro bull riding team. We'll tell you some more details about that. As a matter of fact, uh, we're going to have a special guest coming on for you doing Hard Knock Life. But it is a top of the charts Tuesday. That's when my man Patrick plays jams. I reached the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history, so we appreciate his efforts uh, you can always be a part of the show. We're away from the Specs text line because we're on the road. But you can hit us up via Twitter. I'm at Rod Baver City Twitterverse. My man Harge at Hardball Harge City Twitterverse. And Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis for everybody out there. Okay. And before we get into get it out there. the top of the hour, I wanted to make sure that we said this breaking news, breaking, breaking news. Breaking news, breaking news. My man Lucas Gordon was named Big 12 Pitcher of the hey. Year. They're giving out awards there today. Congratulations. And he was named Pitcher of the year. Congratulations. I talked about him taking over the reins mm-hmm. as the number one starter and not backing down from the challenge. He was given that role and he took it and he ran with it. So congratulations to him for such a great, great season. Uh, makes sense. And it's still going, t- starting tomorrow. Yeah, Big 12 uh, leader in ERA, mm-hmm. 2.48. Uh, what did he end up? Six and one. Uh, 85 strikeouts, 28 walks, yep. 14 uh, in his 14 starts. Um, and no doubt, he uh, he was no no question one of the best pitchers in the country. Uh, and pulls that he's the best pitcher in the Big 12. Yes, he is. So uh, yeah, continue. Who else is uh, going to be a potential award winner in for Texas? I would think. Um, well, you, I don't know if I don't know if you would consider him an award <laughs> winner, but I would would consider LeBaron Johnson. As one of the, I wouldn't call him a newcomer, but most improved players. Okay, in the conference. he can win that. I mean, if that's something that they're going to give out, I think he would be that. Um, but I think that's going to be one of those things where Lucas Gordon might be the only recipient of a player of a year, but you'll have some first team. Well, yeah, Mike all Big Dillon, 12. All yes. Big 12 team. Um, yeah, how many uh, players do you think will be a first team all Big 12? I think top of your have, head right I, now. I would give four. Four of them? I will give four of and them. And obviously Lucas Gordon would be one Lucas of those? Lucas Gordon would be yeah. one. LeBaron Johnson would be two. I believe that Dylan Campbell yeah, would say. be three. I made a guy made a break in the Big 12 record. Yes. First and, history. And Porter Brown. <laughs> okay. I think Porter Brown would be the other one. Nice. Jared Thomas, I'll, I'll take it back. Jared Thomas might be freshman of the year. Oh, that's good. Or yeah. newcomer of the year. Yeah, so, no, that's a good one right yeah. there. Um, okay, so uh, we'll hopefully – we have more breaking news no about uh, Texas baseball uh, award winners. Uh, but congratulations to Lucas Gordon winning a uh, Big 12 pitcher of <laughs> the year. Here we go. Here we go. You got another? I got, got some? We got good? Info. Uh, oh, first team. First team all conference. Let's do it. Uh, catcher, Garrett Gilmet, Transfer okay. who came in from USC. Nice. Came in and took it and went with it. Dylan Campbell and Porter Brown you in said the outfield. That? Those two you mentioned? Baron Johnson. That was the awesome guy you mentioned. Yeah. Lucas Gordon. And then uh, – Honorable mention, uh, Eric Kennedy, Jared Thomas on the infield. All-freshman team, Jared Thomas, and Peyton Powell made second team at third base. So you almost hit everything I rather tried than money. To. I tried to get it. <laughs> I tried to get it. Literally, as soon as we started talking, it came across. That is us. And then you, oh, Texas unanimous selections were Porter Brown and Lucas Gordon. And Lucas Gordon. Oh. Yep. That's really impressive. No doubt. Uh, so I'm surprised my man guys. Dylan Campbell wasn't unanimous. That is, yeah, I'm with you, you know on that. that. Yeah, with the stats, just the stats alone, actually. Yeah, that's a good point. You know what? That's all right. 
Yeah. I think his dad would he like still it. still got night. something else I'm going to be hungry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Keep Stay hungry. thirsty. Keep Stay hungry. thirsty, yeah, my yeah, friends. Yeah. <laughs> Keep hungry. He's, he's better when he's hungry. No he doubt. He's out there. He's out there trying to prove something with a chip on his shoulder. No doubt. Uh, all right. Texas baseball, a little conversation there. Congratulations. Uh, you have a special guest coming up in Harsh Knock Life. We're all here for the uh, Austin Gamblers. Uh, they are having their Hollywood debut, if you will. Uh, the Austin Gamblers will be a part of a uh, uh, Amazon uh, Prime Video docuseries. Mm-hmm. Eight episode docuseries. You can actually watch it May 30th, starting May 30th on Prime Video, but they're going to have the premiere out here. Red carpet event. They already got the cameras out there. Red carpet is laid out. Uh, you got a really classy affair happening out here at Alamo Draft House. And uh, courtesy of Austin Gamblers, uh, we're going to have some special guests joining us from the organization. Faces of the franchise, if you will. Exactly. We're going to have J.J. Gotch coming on first for the Hard Knocks <laughs> Life. A long time uh, baseball person here in Round Rock. He helped bring the Round Rock Express to Central Texas. He will serve as the chief executive officer for the Austin Gamblers. They've had a great run, and it will continue this year. As Rob was telling you, you can get tickets, and you can go and watch those guys at the uh, Moody Center yep. August 25th through the 27th. Yep. They do a great job. If you've never seen bull riding, I can tell you, it's scary. I've seen it it's in scary. person, yeah. and I've actually known a couple of bull riders in my time, and it's usually a family thing. Yep. Uh, the bull riders I've known, like it's been a family thing, like, you know, a granddaddy was a bull rider, <laughs> yeah, yeah. uncle's a bull rider, that kind of thing. And I <laughs> I know there are moms out there who, like, won't let their kids play football because <laughs> exactly. they're like, oh, that's a little too rough. It's like exactly. Too rough. I wonder what the moms are saying about the bull ride. No when your doubt. kids, like, little kid was like, you know what, mom? I'm going to be a bull rider. I can't wait to ask. Yeah, like, when was your, when did you first get get on your first bull? Like, what age is it? I know you got to do – You probably grew up around horses and all that other stuff I know, stuff but, first. like, when did you first – like, yeah. what age you first jump on a bull? Yeah, and they're not small animals either. Dude, I, they I don't know you. how you – to me, walking up there, we used to do this thing <laughs> called um, – Man, it was for charity, and it was called Over the Edge. And we were essentially we would, you would you would rappel down a, a building from downtown. Yeah, oh yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah. You were, we rappel down it, and a lot of people do that now for Make a Wish. Make a Wish. Yes, does it. and it's like yeah, yeah and you yeah, rappel down. Yeah. It's for charity. It's a great event, but at least I don't know, forty to fifty percent of the people when they would get to the edge and look down. All right, all those hundreds of feet down, they would decide, I'm not doing it, I can't do it. Right. Even though they would be strapped in and saved, they'd, they'd look down, and the woman would be like, and the woman told me, she's like, no, 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 we have a, it's about 50% of the people who look over the edge, they walk right back, and it's all right. We, yeah. already, we already understand. We like, already knew. It's, it's something in, like, it part of, it's part of, like, your human condition. Yeah, like, you're, yeah. not, you're not supposed not to be, risking a, be comfortable repelling down, <laughs> exactly. mo- down a mountain, but repelling down that building. And to me, I think I would have – and, I, by the way, I repelled down, just so you know. You did? I did. I repelled down. It was for charity. I do it for the kids. You got to do it for the kids. For the kids. What you do for your heart, bro? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro. I was so scared. Okay. So I'm about All right, this. Tell oh, me bro. the truth. I, <laughs> okay. So what they, they did warn me about when I did this, and I'm repelling down, and, and, and it's like probably three people, and you're spaced apart. I mean, yeah. it's probably 30, 40 feet in between us. We're really spaced apart. So we're uh, repelling down like different sides of the building pretty much. But I still can see like a woman or a man to right. the left or to the right of me. And as I get down the building, I'm probably, I don't know, I'm probably 
30, 40 feet down, you know what I mean, rappelling down. And, and rappelling down to like a separate part of the building, like not all the way to the ground. Right, okay. Like it's just from like oh, the top so of the building a little bit to down. a – Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't go all the way to the ground. We're like, no, no, we didn't go all the way to the ground. No, no, no. But it still was pretty it's far. Still, I was going to say. And the wind caught your boy and started swaying your boy back and forth. <laughs> and I stood and, – and, and I'm only one swaying for some reason. I looked at the, the people that are on the side of me. They're not swaying like this. And like, I, I guess the but wind – a sweater. I don't know, no, but I, I don't know why it's started. Yeah, it's like your boy's freaking out. Yeah. I started swaying, and it gets a little out of control. And I guess I had gotten too far away from the building a little bit. Because you had been bouncing back. I guess so. Like I, been, I guess your boy was just, and she was like, yeah, you got to stay closer to the building. Like, this is something y'all should have warned me about <laughs> beforehand. Me before that the wind can catch down. me if I'm too far away from the building. Oh, man. Freaks your boy out. Anyway, uh, but I bet people have the same I don't know. Got the same reaction when you're first approached that thousand pound beast or whatever it is. Yeah. When you see a bull. Yeah. However, how much it weighs, I'm not sure what. Hey man, it, it does not look fun. I was, actually was watching some of it this past weekend. You know, you, you're cruising through the the remote and you're checking on certain things, and then you get to that one station. It's normally the CBS Sports mm-hmm. Channel. Yeah. And I'm sitting there looking, and I'm like. You got to be out your mind <laughs> to jump on something like that, that his job is to knock you off. That's their job. The bull's job the is to get you off The bull's job him. is yeah. to knock you off. And not only necessary. that, they don't care if you underneath them. No. They going to try to crush you. Yes. Yeah, I don't need none of that smoke. Uh, yeah. I got a newfound respect for all of them. Oh, man. I realize I'm fascinated to, to talk to these yeah. uh, folks. Like, we're actually going to have, I believe, an actual bull right We now. are. People within the organization. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be an ex- truly, uh, uh, extremely, you know, stressful conversation, honestly, for me. Because <laughs> just thinking about somebody who jumps on bulls for a living. Right. I'm, I'm stressed out for you. What's y'all, what's y'all health insurance like? Y'all must have that good stuff. <laughs> exactly. Y'all got that, 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 they got that same health insurance that the NFL players get. They got that good no stuff. No doubt. Uh, okay. We'll have uh, that conversation coming up at 430 and all throughout the show. We'll be sprinkling, sprinkling in different guests. Let's talk about the NFL because there are a couple of stories uh, right now that are coming out of some of the meetings that are happening between the owners. One is the uh, NFL is deciding that they are going to encourage, uh, basically encourage touchbacks. Yep. They, they basically are tired of teams uh, returning kicks, even though they've changed the rules to try to make kickoffs safer and to try to you know, make kick returns safer overall and also to discourage kick returns. The NFL really doesn't like kick returns. Right. Because it is the most violent, <clears throat> statistically, excuse me, it is the most violent play in the sport. It's still pretty much a car crash, and they want to eliminate that from the game. Mm-hmm. And they believe their, at least their studies tell them, that the uh, kick return rate will decrease by 38% to 31%. And that should drop the concussion rate another 15% because of these proposals. And they, they're trying to drop the concussion rate to, to zero uh, on kickoffs and kick returns and, you know, punt returns too and all that. So, and I wouldn't track it. The truth is, the kick return has slowly been disappearing. In 2007, when your boy was still playing in the NFL, 25 kick returns for touchdowns. Uh, last year, I counted six. And you've been slowly but surely losing, you know, the importance and the impact of the, the kickoff return. We haven't had double-digit kickoff returns in the NFL since 2012 uh, for a touchdown. Right. Double-digit kickoff returns for a touchdown since 2012. 
and that was the last year they had 13. And you look at punt returns, punt returns are a little, they're, they're similar. Around 2018, punt returns kind of dropped off a cliff too. Uh, punt returns had had double-digit punt return touchdowns every year from 2007 to 2017, and we haven't had double-digit punt returns since 2017. So in a nutshell, I think the NFL, with the rule changes, and obviously it is to prioritize safety, uh, but it's also taking the kicking game out of the game, if you will. Right. And the truth is, in my opinion, I think the NFL will look very different in 40 years from now. I think it will look really, really different because I think that you won't have <laughs> <laughs> kickoff returns and punt returns. Hell, the NFL may – it may, and by the way, the NFL is trying to get rid of the PAT as well. Right. The point they want, they want teams to go for two more. They want to incentivize teams to go for two and to kick less. The NFL doesn't like the kicking game because now that they have gutted the kicking game – essentially and almost kind of emasculated the kicking game for the most part because they've kind of taken all the impact out of it. Yep. Uh, and nothing wrong with that, but that's how Rod B made rosters when I was in the NFL. I couldn't that's make a roster what's gonna be my point. these days because they, they don't need special teams guys as much as they used to. But I think the NFL is going to look very differently, and I, th- I do think the kicking game will largely be a non-factor in 30, 40 years. They're already making it a non-factor, but even more so. They, and the NFL doesn't want wasted plays, and based on the new rules, they're turning the punt return and the kickoff return and the PAT into a wasted play. Yeah, you're changing the way that the game is being played, too. You think about mm-hmm. Devin Hester. You think about what Deion Sanders mm-hmm. was able to do as a punt and a kickoff returner, how exciting and electrifying the game mm-hmm. was. Now you're taking away people's livelihoods. You talked about yourself and having that opportunity. Think about the kickers that have been practicing this their entire life. Think about a Justin Tucker who's kicking a 63-yard field goal, 68-yard field goal. He's been working on this, and now he's not even going to be used as much and it's a it's a very sad time for me because I was somebody who always enjoyed watching the kicking game and how it exploded and how it was part of all right let me see if this kicker can kick this ball and pin this team into the two-yard line with a punt now he punts it and he's not even gonna have that opportunity anymore that's something too that you you sit here and you look at it. it's changed the way the game I understand safety I, I do appreciate it because you talked about the bull riding you talked about parents not letting their kids play football and do they really want to play football well now you're you're taking away that kid that does want to play football but wants to do it as a kicker or a punter that wants to be on the squad now they got to go figure out something else to do uh, that's a good point I just think that you know, because they still want field goals because field goals are points. Yep. And the NFL still loves field goals. And I still think punter's going to have a place because that's about field position. That's about hitting yardage, uh, flipping the field. They just want to take the, like, the impact plays out of it. They want to take the actual – like they want to basically make the kicking game just kind of a a yard uh, – kind of a basically a yardage flip, if yep. you will, yep. instead of an actual impact play where guys are – running at full speed, and it's a full-speed car crash, yep. right? Speed times mass, that type of thing. They want to eliminate that and essentially have it where if you're punting, you're just flipping the field. That's it. Nobody's going – gunners aren't necessary to go down there, and honestly, your returner is only necessary to catch the football so that you have decent field position yeah. and to make that call. And then that's why the kickoff return at this point has been gutted and emasculated because there's 
for Justin Tucker, he still has a place because he's kicking field goals. But if you're just a kickoff specialist, um, these days, why have that guy? Yeah. I mean, is that, they're all coming back to the 25 anyway. They're True. coming back to the 25 regardless. Right? That's basically what yeah, the new, that's what the new the rule, new rule is. is yeah. NFL owners voted on Tuesday to approve a resolution that allows players to fair catch on kickoffs with the resulting possession beginning at the team's own 25-yard line. The new rule specifies that the fair catch of a free kick, safety, or kickoff must occur behind the team's 25-yard line in order for the ball to be placed at the 25-yard line. So uh, the rule change will be for one year only uh, with the league citing player safety as a reason. That's why I like the NFL. The NFL does actually go out of its way to – they're a very experimental league. They'll change a rule, and if their rule doesn't work, they'll just change it back. Yeah. They do that all the time. No league, I think, in a, no American sports league, changes their rules as often as the NFL does. They change the rule. They change the catch rule like four times within like a seven, eight years. Yeah. Like, nah, let's change it back. Swift snap, swift snap, swift snap. Yeah. They'll change it back. That's why I actually like that about the league. They'll basically throw it out there. If the numbers and the data comes back, it was a bad rule change, they'll change it back. If the data suggests it was good for the game, they'll continue to do it. And we don't know what this is going to be, but this is about player safety. And I do think – in the end, the NFL will decide to keep this rule the same. For, for the safety of everybody around. They just been, yeah. they, they've been decentivizing kick returns for a really long time. Well, I, was, I always thought they needed to move the, the, the kickoff back a little bit more. So at least you had an opportunity to return a kickoff. I always thought of it the other way because look at what's happening now. How many times do they kick it out of the back of the end zone? They're not having it anyway. They're not, like you said, the numbers were so low on the returns because of the fact, how many times have I seen a dude in the end zone with his arms out talking about the ball over my head? I'm not even going to try to run it. I mean, it's been happening so much. I always thought about going the other way because I did like the excitement of the punt return and I love the excitement of the kickoff return. Maybe because I did both. And I, yep. I liked it, and, and my uncle always told me I was crazy because of what you said, <laughs> where people are flying down at I, you. I, I do. That's, right. how I, that's how I separated my shoulder twice. I, I, was, I, was, I had to run down on kickoffs before they outlawed the wedge, guys. Oh, my goodness. I was running into 300-pound linemen with their arms interlocked. Locked in, And the yeah. coach like, I need you to split them. What? <laughs> say, that's 650 say pounds of human. You want me to split them? <laughs> yeah, to split it. Yeah, okay. All and right. I tried, and the My sh- shoulders did the shoulder still disag- up. The shoulder disagreed. All right. I, I went to do it. The shoulder was like, nah, we ain't, we ain't doing that. <laughs> what do you mean? You we needed ain't doing a that. big shoulder pad. <laughs> what? They did. Shoulder. I need all those neck rolls, <laughs> neck pads like Steve Atwater had back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point, what I think the future of the NFL is, the NFL is basically telling you now, we don't sell violence anymore. And one of the beautiful things about the kickoff return is it was perfectly orchestrated, organized violence. Right. Car crash on every damn play, and people would sit around and watch that. The NFL doesn't want to sell violence, just like they don't want to sell sex anymore either. Right. That's why, hell, you got a lot of teams in the NFL don't even have cheerleading squads anymore. And That's you've true. Had, you've had over a third of the cheerleading squads sue the team and the NFL already. Ten of the, I think, 26 teams have basically been uh, sued or sued their, their, their cheerleaders have sued them. For, I don't know, wage discrimination or sexual harassment or workplace conditions, something like that. The NFL actually is on its way to getting rid of Chile to suit because they don't need them. Yep. The NFL needed that back when Tex Schramm was trying to sell sex and, and violence. The NFL for a while just thought they sold, right? They used to, they used to uh, send you a free 
copy of a video, NFL's biggest hits when you would order sports. Oh my goodness, that was that was one of the coldest ones right? ever. And people getting concussed. Oh people my getting gosh, knocked that out, was the and greatest like, video. Woo! Yes, this is what we sell, baby. Hell, thank you, America. I know you love it, and. And that was before we became enlightened about concussions and head trauma. And now, seeing somebody get knocked out and concussed doesn't have the same appeal. It does but not. But now the NFL is like, we don't sell violence anymore. We sell points. Yeah. We sell fantasy football. We sell offense. We sell quarterbacks. All right? We don't sell sex anymore. We sell betting. Right? Because <laughs> we need them people to be healthy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? They, yeah. they, don't, they don't sell sex and they don't sell violence. And the kickoff return, honestly, it's violence. Yep. And they don't want to sell violence anymore. That's why big hits in the NFL, they don't get the same treatment they used to. You used to a big hit and go, woo, and you were applauded, and everybody was like, you the man, you knocked him out. He still ain't got up off the ground. He's still on the ground. Three minutes later, man, you the man. Now everybody goes, ooh, man, that was bad. He walks in the huddle, puts his head down, and prays. Yep. We don't view it the same anymore. It's not the same. And that kickoff return, you'll have more of those moments. The NFL does not want those moments. Now, you'll get those De- DeMar Hamlin moments anyway. I was just going to say, wasn't that the, the game, DeMar Hamlin? But they're going to try to decrease as much of that as possible. It's, it's, so the NFL, I'm telling you, it'll look different in 30, 40 years. There are certain things in our lives that are more of a burden than a benefit. Yep. All right? That pay phones, the penny. Hell, the penny costs more to produce that it actually is worth. Still don't understand why we've got the damn penny around. Uh, you know what I mean? There's certain things in our life that's more of a burden than a benefit. The kickoff return and punt return for the NFL, it's more of a burden than a benefit now. We don't get the touchdowns and the electric plays. We get guys getting hurt. We get concussions. The NFL's like, no, 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 that's a burden. We want benefits, not burdens. The penny yeah. is around because we need a uh, correct change. Sometimes when we go places, if you're playing with dollar-dollar bills. Most, most places now, post-COVID, won't even take your cash. I know, that's true. I bought most of the cash, but they're like, sir, we don't take They look at me crazy. <laughs> I'm okay. I pull out the money like I'm a baller, too. I'm like, here you go. Here you got some cash. They're like, sir, we don't take cash. That's a lot of that is at like, the baseball so, games, too. Yeah, that's how you know. Yeah. I'm, it's like, that's how you know we, even, within our, even within our classes, the middle class yeah, and everything, yeah. we still got classes system within that. <laughs> Because my cash apparently is not good enough for some places. It's cash. It's cash. She's like, no, sir, we don't take cash. She looked at me like I was a stripper. You got to be there with some sweaty, <laughs> some sweaty dollar bills. You I was just like, pull that are, out of your Chris Dicks, honey. Some Chris Twitties, young lady. What are you talking about? Sir, we don't take cash around. I was like, all right. So, well, we'll keep it moving. Yeah, keep it moving. I guess I can't get that because I ain't bring my card with I, you. I did. I paid with a card. I thought I wanted to be ballerific, walk around with cash. Not anymore. Right. Uh, all right, uh, what you got coming up for the people of Hearts? We got our man J.J. Gotch coming over here to talk to us about the Austin Gamblers, what's coming up at the Moody Center, but most importantly, why we are here tonight about this docuseries. Oh, can't wait. Uh, we got some uh, great conversation coming up talking about Austin Gamblers and the uh, pro bull riding team right here in Austin. All of that and more when we return right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104 Now the Horn. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of your own speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back. We are on the road, on location. This is the... Uh, Top of the Charts Tuesday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Harbaugh Harge. You can follow me on Twitter, at Harbaugh Harge. You can follow my man, Rod Babers, at Rod Babers. And, of course, you can follow the man behind the glass, at It's Patrick Davis. We can't give you a shout-out because 
We're not in studio, so I can't see the Specs text line, but Patrick has been giving us messages. 512-337-3776. And joining us on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline, but he's actually joining us right now in front of us, is the man, the myth, the legend, the one and only J.J. Gotch. J.J. has been around for a very long time. He was one of the integral parts of bringing the Round Rock Express to Central Texas. He decided he wanted to get into a venture that I, when he told me it was happening, I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) I did not even know you knew anything about it, but now he is part of PBR's Austin Gamblers. He's bringing a team right here in Austin, Texas. JJ, how you doing, brother? Good, man. I didn't know that much before, and I don't know much more now. <laughs> <laughs> what did you fake it till you make it? That's fake right. it till you make it. That's fake right. it till you make it. No, we just uh, we hired a good coach, and we're fortunate to draft some good riders last year, and they kind of took us to the promised land. So speaking of the promised land, Rod and I, you know, obviously we've been athletes. We've been around the game. But being an athlete bull rider is something that – is not for the, the timid, right? Mm-hmm. You know, every sport that you go out there, you want to compete, you want to be your best. But you have to be a special kind of crazy to jump on one of these bulls. And we were talking about it earlier. How, how massive are these animals, number one? Please. So these bull athletes, which, which the industry does like to call them, and I think it's very apropos, these athletes range anywhere from a smaller bull is 1,300 to 1,500 pounds. And then your larger bulls are coming in 1,700 to 2,200. Goodness um, gracious. And, and these are amazing athletes. Um, they, they can twist, jump, buck, kick. I mean, it's, uh, it's amazing what these animals are able to do. And in a lot of ways, it's interesting because the animal power, the bull power, as they say, has outpaced the rider ability. Um, and, and, you know, we've seen in different sports how, how you can push different levers. Yeah. Like in baseball, hardball, we know this, right? So – when Bob Gibson and Denny McLean were dominating, what did they do? They lowered the mound, yeah, the right? Lower, yep. You know, a couple of years ago when, when pitchers were having too much success, what did they do? They lowered the seams, right, so there wasn't as much of a spin rate. Mm. So there's ways you can manipulate games, right? You can manipulate it with, courses. You can manipulate yeah. it with yep. officiating, right? Yes, you can. But in bull riding – you can't go up to a bull and say, hey, hey, man, let's, uh, let's go ahead and bring it down a notch. <laughs> right. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Like, right. He doesn't care who or what's on his back. So it's, uh, they're amazing athletes, but for the bull riders themselves and you guys being former athletes, I think the biggest thing is, is obviously the bravery and the courage mm-hmm. and the grit that these guys have. But the one thing that I've really noticed is that, you know, NBA, right? So NBAs are hot right now. You know, one of the big things they're talking about is load management. Yep. And players taking nights off, right? Or uh, guys taking, you know, days off for baseball because, you know, shoulder tightness or, or whatever, or in football, whatever it might be. These guys don't, right, because they don't get paid unless they ride. And so these guys, mm. not they, it's not if they're going to get hurt, it's when they're going to get hurt and how bad. But a lot of times it doesn't matter. We've got a guy on our team uh, that for the last month of the season was riding with a grade one torn MCL, grade three torn PCL. Wow and a fractured tibia. But he had to ride. And we're like, man, like, but we're in a team situation. We're like, we got to go. He's like, no. He just straight cowboyed up. Yeah. And so that's, that, that's the difference is I that, like that cowboy you know, the, there's the, you know, there was really the unfortunate situation with DeMar Hamlin in the NFL last year. Right. Well, the reality is any night you come to bull riding, there's a pretty good chance you're going to see something like that potentially once a night or at least once a weekend. Because um, when there are wrecks, they're not good. Right. And so the, the fact that these guys 
night in and no out, night in and night out, know that that danger exists and then still get on the back of those beasts and put their hand in that bull rope and nod their heads. I mean, they're quite honestly the most courageous, bravest, toughest dudes I've ever met. I, I agree with you. Can I ask you <laughs> since you're making uh, these comparisons to some of the other sports, uh, what's the career, like, arc, career, <laughs> lifespan of a bull rider? Like, when do they – when do they first start as a youngster, and when do they first get on the bull? At what age, and at what age does Father Time start to knock on the door of a bull? Ride? So Rod, think NFL running back, because I'm, I'm just going wow. to keep throwing. I'm going to keep throwing <laughs> gotcha. comparisons at you, right? Gotcha. So you come out of college, you're 22 ish, mm-hmm. you know, 21, 22 ish. Yeah. Takes you a couple years in the league you, to get established. Around 24, 25, you become, you become that elite player. As you get older, you be, get a little slower, but you get smarter. So kind of 24 to 29 yeah. is that sweet spot. You might have a year or two before, you might have a year or two after, but it's the same for bull riding. So these guys, you know, a lot of them aren't going to college. Some go to junior college. It's going to take them some more reps. So right around 23, 24 is kind of when they start to become elite. They'll have about a four- to five-year shelf life, and then it starts going down. Because as we all know, when you get older, hmm. it's not the ability to perform, but it's the ability to recover right. from it. performing. <laughs> yeah. yes, sir. And so think about that from a bull riding perspective. Oh. With these injuries, a lot of them being groins, shoulders, elbows, concussions, knees. knees. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it's it's kind of that five years, five to six years, twenty-four to thirty. What's you got? Got a training staff? We do. Man, that must be. They must work hard. No, we. They work hard. That training staff's full time, right? A lot. On call constantly. A lot, right? So it's um, we're we've got a um, PT. We got a massage therapist. We got a chiropractor. Um, we got all the recovery things that you can imagine, from the you know the leg, uh, the compressions. leg leg compressions yeah. and everything that they put in. So it's an important part of our guys because, you know, they're riding Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. So you know maybe Friday they're coming in okay, but you know to get ready for Saturday and usually it's a Sunday afternoon performance. These guys are spending a lot of time in there. Um, but again, these guys again. Like athletes today in all sports, you know, back in the 70s and 60s, you know, Mickey Mantle used to go out, you know, get hammered, show up at the ballpark and hit three bombs, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. That's not what Mike Trout's doing. That's not what these other athletes mm-hmm. are doing. Same thing for bull riders. These guys have regiments. They, you know, size is a really important component to bull riding. Mm-hmm. Typically guys that are shorter and guys that weigh less have more success, right? right. Because it's physics, because you're on the – you're on the back and the middle of a, of a bull that's trying to get you off. So the more taller you are, physics, physics yeah. works against you, the more you weigh. So typically these guys are shorter. You, you want to be strong, but you don't want to be big. Right, right? you want to have a lot so of So these guys are doing a lot of agility work. Yep. Um, they're doing a lot of just quickness, core strength, wow. a lot of stuff to strengthen their groins. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're full-on athletes. It's not like the old school drink a six-pack, smoke a couple heaters, Go ride a bull, then drink some whiskey and get in a fight and do it the next day. That's, <laughs> right. that's not what this. That's not what these guys are doing. Yeah, no doubt. This isn't that Gillies movie. That's for it's sure. Not. You're not going to see that. It's Urban not. Cowboy it's is not going no, down. No. We're talking to the CEO of the Austin Gamblers, my man JJ Gotch. JJ, we've been talking about this and we've been thinking about this. You told us a little while ago you were in first place last year. You got a good run. What is the team's expectation coming into this season, and what's next for the squad? Well, we, you know, we've got high expectations. We've got Jose Vitor Leme, who is 
arguably the greatest bull rider in the history of sport. we got a guy by the name of Dalton Castle. His nickname is King of the 90s because his, his rides are as exciting as anybody in the business. Mm-hmm. We've got Ramon DeLima, who just finished third in the world finals. Adriano Salgado, we got in a free agent through free agency in the offseason. He led the Missouri Thunder, one of our opponents last year. Um, we got Ezekiel Mitchell. You know, local Rockdale kid uh, had a fantastic year for us last year. Austin Richardson, who just won a round at the World Finals. So our, our top seven guys, we, you know, we'll match them up with just about anybody. And, again, it just comes down to health, right? Yep. And, and um, last year we were in first for the first, you know, three, four weeks of the season. Jose gets hurt. We go down to fourth. Hmm. Jose comes back at the end of the year. We go back to first. <laughs> I mean, again, there's analogies, but think about NFL when yep. you lose that starting quarterback. Yeah, yeah. The difference between the starting quarterback and the next ones. But Clayton um, Kershaw, right? Verlander, when he came back, things took off. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but we've been, but because of that, we tried to build depth. Um, yep. So our goal is the same as last year's: is that we want to win the regular season, and then we want to win the championship in Vegas. Yeah. How does the uh, postseason work? So currently right now, all eight teams get to go, okay. but uh, it's a three-day event, and on Friday night, the teams that finish first and second in the regular season get a bye. So that's okay. really what you're fighting for is right. you want to get first that. or second because a night off in this sport yes. is a lot, no right? It, it's a, an extra night off and to be able to advance, and then basically six teams advance each day. So that's at the end of October. It's a short, compacted season. We start the end of July in Cheyenne, Wyoming. We go. We have ten regular season weekends, and then we finish at the end of October in Vegas. Nice. That's what it's all about. But the reason why we are here tonight is because you guys have been uh, fortunate enough to be part of a docu series, mm. eight part, right? Eight Correct. part document series that's going to be on Amazon Prime called The Ride. Tell everybody about it. Eight seconds, eight parts, right? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I, I make, like it. I like it. Second. <laughs> yeah. So last year, uh, Prime Video uh, through Kinetic Productions followed the inaugural season of the team series so they followed us from the draft that was at texas live in in arlington all the way through the championship in vegas including our home event here in austin at the moody center and they really highlighted and featured three teams uh the gamblers we were fortunate as you mentioned to be one of those three teams they followed three of our riders. They followed Ezekiel Mitchell, Jose Vitor Lemme, and Dakota Lewis. So I think you're going to be talking to some of those guys we coming are. up. We are. And really, it's a behind-the-scenes thing. And, and But the best way to put it, and uh, again, analogies, Rod, is, is think of it as the drive to survive for bull riding. Yeah. You know, an opportunity when drive to, to survive was, was successful internationally, but not as much on the American side. It wasn't until that series came out. Drivers got out of the car and took their helmet off, and you got to hear their stories. Yep. This is the same thing, right? Because typically when you go to these bull riding events or you watch on TV, guys are on the bulls, they're down on the chutes, and they got their helmets on. Now what we're doing over an eight-part series is we're getting them off the bulls, we're taking their helmets off, and we're going to their homes. Okay. We're talking to them. We're talking to their families. We're finding out about their highs, their lows, their challenges. Um, and what was really interesting is Kinetic, the, the group that produced it, is known for sometime injecting false reality into some of their shows um, to create more drama. But with this one, they didn't have to. Um, The stories that are told, the drama that happens um, throughout the year, not only with a couple of our riders, but some riders on some other teams, there were some deaths. uh, There was some, uh, obviously some injuries, um, but it's real cowboy stuff, man. And uh, it, it doesn't get any more real than this. I've been fortunate. I've got to see more than half of the, the episodes and, it's amazing, and I, and I think it's one of these things that's really going to propel the sport forward. Uh, you know, probably won't get as big internationally as Drive to Survive, but I think from a quality and content standpoint, it's every, every bit as good. 
So for someone like yourself who's who's been on the other side of this stuff, what I'm talking about with the baseball world, and you also saw facing Nolan and what that was all about, you've been a part of that family for a very long time. You stepped out of your comfort zone a little bit to come and do this. What have you taken away from the bull riding that you saw when you were doing your other job, when you were around the baseball players? What is the difference when now – you're around these dudes that you were talking about, you know, like we're going to go to the bar and we're going to have a little bit of fun and watching them develop as these super athletes. Well, the business side is, is somewhat similar. It doesn't matter if it's football, baseball, field hockey, or, or, or MLS, right? A lot of the, you know, advertising, sales, marketing, all that, that, that component's the same. Obviously, the, 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 the sport itself is much different. Probably the biggest thing that I've taken away, Mike, and especially in the position that I'm in, is you've got these riders who, as we talked about, are getting on the back of a 1,500 to 2,000 pound bull mm. that could kill. Yep. They're putting their hand in the rope and they're nodding. And, they're in, and each time they do that, they're risking their lives. Mm-hmm. They're risking their lives for themselves. They're risking their lives for their families. They're risking their lives for their teammates. And ultimately, they're risking their lives for our organization. And so I, I don't take that lightly. And, you know, that's, that's even though being in sports for, 35, 40 years, I've never been in a position where somebody was literally risking their life for Right. Me. And so um, I just respect these guys on a level that's really hard to comprehend um, and just appreciate everything that they do. And it, it, uh, each, each night we come home from one of these events, man, I hug my wife and I hug my daughter a little harder because it's, it's intense, man. It, it is imagine. intense. There's no question. No. Uh, speaking of how intense it is, we got some folks uh, on our on our text line. They want to know how they get to watch the actual competition, the Austin Gamblers. Like, so, uh, so the best way that. is uh, all you have to do is go to the Moody Center August 25th through the yeah. 27th. There you go. So we'll be hosting <laughs> Gambler Days, which I think is the – Fifth event of the 10-week regular season. Okay. Yeah. So we're right in the middle. Yep. So hopefully we'll be in a good spot by then. Nice. But, again, August 25th through the 27th at Moody Center, uh, austingamblers.com. And then you can go to pbr.com, and it has the full team series schedule on there. There you go. Like I said, we begin in uh, Cheyenne at Frontier Days, the granddaddy of them all, on July 24, 25. Then we go to Anaheim, Kansas City, Nashville, Austin, Oklahoma City, Springfield, Missouri, Greensboro, North Carolina, Glendale, Arizona, Fort Worth, Texas, and then we finish in Vegas. My man just rattled off all the trips without even having it in front of him. That dude, he's a savant. I told you, Ron. I told you, Ron. That dude is crazy. Dude is crazy. That uh, that was really impressive. That was. My man just (laughs) got it all for you. But if you are watching on TV – I always check it out on CBS Sports. Correct. Correct. I I click through it, and I watch them dudes, and I'm like, these dudes are crazy. It's unbelievable. Yeah, Yeah. so we've got got great broadcast partners. Everything is streamed live on Pluto TV. There's a, 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 a Ride Pass app. But then we're on most Saturday nights, we're on mm-hmm. CBS Sports Network, and then most Sundays we're on Big CBS. I love right. A lot of times we're, we're adjacent to, to that NFL uh, programming. Perfect. Yeah. Nice. Nice. There he, he is. Well, I got to tell you, man, I'm, ex- I'm excited about it. And, yeah, we'll get to stay and watch the premiere now. That's right. Officially. And yes. Yeah, so yeah. appreciate that. My man did JJ I get you hyped doing? up enough to stay? Oh, you yeah, did. Man, you I got us hyped up. up. <laughs> we was hyped up when we walked in here. Yeah, we, because we, we, we brought our cowboy hats, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I, I've only worn that thing like twice. And yeah, we brought to, cowboy hats. He when, told me I look like Crocodile Dundee when I came <laughs> 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 
I was like, man, I've been riding on that bull, man. Watch out. <laughs> oh, that's good. JJ, as always, man, it's a pleasure talking to you. Continued success. And for y'all that aren't aware, make sure y'all check out the ride. It is going to be on Amazon Prime. He has done a great job, and he continues to push that message. Thank you, JJ. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it, it. man. Uh, all right, we'll have other special guests we joining will. us. We as will. As a matter of fact, we're going to have Ezekiel Mitchell coming on uh, with us as well. Uh, also, He's part of the 254, just in case y'all okay. were warning. <laughs> I should, why not mention him? I could have mentioned any of the other guys coming on. And for some reason, I mentioned the one person. How much you know? You know he's born in two Yes, he was, Hutch. That's uh, why he's tough, man. That dude is tough. Uh, tough. So we're going to talk some of these stars of the uh, the, the docu series uh, that's coming out at on Prime Video. Remember, that's, uh, right. that's going to be uh, on the thirtieth. You get a chance to catch that on May thirtieth. But if you want to catch the Austin Gamblers live and in person, uh, as JJ mentioned, August twenty fifth through the twenty seventh at the Moody Center. Just go to AustinGamblers.com. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we'll get into a little off the record on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9. DD Mega Doodoo. I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well I don't get they break the egg comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in the good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live! I can I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. We are looking live, ladies and gentlemen. As a matter of fact, we are hanging out here near the red carpet, courtesy of our good friends, the Austin Gamblers, uh, and everybody's kind of dressed in really nice attire. You can tell since Yellowstone came out, everybody's got a cowboy-ish type uh, like dress. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Everybody thinks they're part of it. They got some, yeah. I, think, I was going to ask JJ about that. I was like, have you found that – People are more uh, receptive to bull riding now that Yellowstone's coming out. Oh, for sure. It's got to be a connection. I wasn't going to ask them about it. No, it's definitely a connection but when you I, think about it. No, they've come out with now new reality TV shows that are about, like, dating cowboys mm-hmm. and like, you know, trying to, I don't know, whatever. Marry Mar- Mar- Yeah, marry a cowboy, yeah. Like, Basically, Yellowstone brought out all of these yeah. little fetishes that women have now for a cowboy. Probably brought it back. Cowboys were I was going to say, they were always there. Cowboys like firemen. It's one of those jobs where a woman thinks you're sexy just because you do that job. Yeah, because they like, want you to carry them. Yeah, you're a fireman. You're sexy because you do that job. You can be an ugly fireman. She's like, well, yeah. you're, you're, fireman. you're a fireman. That you're running into fire up. for a living. Yes, yes. You're kind of sexy. I you appreciate I mean? you. Yes. That's what it is. And yeah. I think bull riding, might, maybe, maybe bull riding's in there too. I think bull riding, cowboy, you know, you live that life and you can say you do that for a living. automatically. And the fact you. that you can still walk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're that like, that's so a true. tough dude. He's that still so walking. Uh, but, yeah, Yellowstone, I'm going to say, uh, I think it may have jumped a shark. Mm. I think it happened. That's rumor why, has it. Maybe that's why Kevin Costner's leaving, too. Yeah, rumor has it. I don't know. The writing's uh, not what it used to be. Co- Kevin Costner's leaving because Kevin Costner likes Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner also likes cash. Yeah, I, he does. Straight cash on me. Yeah, I hear, <laughs> I hear Kevin Costner is uh, the, 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 the amount of money he demands for the time he wants to spend on set. Yeah. Doesn't really track. Yeah, it's not a good uh, translator. Hey, but he's, he's, he's Kevin Costner. He can do that. All right. Uh, off the record here, we are obviously uh, close to the uh, break here, so I don't want to take too much time. I'll just bring this up really quickly. A couple of stories. Aaron Rodgers, he did show up to the first day of OTAs. I know, Howard, you were worried about this. You, 
Well, and then he already got hurt. He said he would show up for most. He did get hurt. He already got hurt. <laughs> hey. He, he did that on he purpose. He showed up. Exactly. But he did that. Oh, man, my, you know my what? calf oh, is kind of hurt. Calf. Ah. I was throwing too many passes. <laughs> my body's not used to being here at this time. So I'm not adjusted. <laughs> it's too early for my body. He messed up my sleep pattern. I'm still, I'm still in off-season mode right now. <laughs> exactly. You might be right about that, actually. Oh. Yeah, he did. actually. It's like it's a calf strain or something like that. I don't think there's anything to, uh, to actually be concerned yeah. about. Uh, but, yeah, I throw that out there since we have a little time that yeah, Aaron Rodgers did show up at OTAs so he is willing to be around his teammates yeah. that's half the battle that Aaron is Rodgers. half the battle especially that's, for him that's half the battle so I'll let it slide oh, did you hear what Mike Tyson said about Jamie Foxx's condition is it great Jamie Foxx's yeah. he's been, he's been going dealing some with a stroke stuff? yeah yeah Mike Tyson said he had a stroke yeah I, I didn't know that is serious that's that is really very serious. I don't know the very. family was they were like unwilling to uh I don't know to un, to un- reveal uh, why exactly he had been in the hospital, but Mike Tyson is the one that said uh, he had a stroke. So I'm assuming Mike Tyson got that from the family. No doubt. Uh, all right, uh, we come back. We'll get into uh, the NBA. we got to talk about the Lakers uh, getting swept by the Nuggets. We'll get into whether LeBron James is going to retire or not. That's a big topic of conversation. We'll also preview the matchup tonight. Will the Heat break out the brooms on the Celtics? We'll review that as well. And we got other special guests coming up that are going to join us uh, from the uh, franchise of the Austin Gamblers. That's the right. bull riding team right here in Austin. They got the red carpet event happening right now. Just heard J.J. Gosh, the uh, CEO of the Austin Gamblers, and we're going to have one of the stars of the Austin Gamblers coming on with us at 530 doing Rod's Round today. Right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.